Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mornings with Ron. I'm so glad to have you with us again as we start to open up around the country. I hope that everyone is staying safe and well and looking out for yourselves and certainly looking out for your family as well. I also hope if you've had an opportunity to get my book, Mornings with Ron, if you've read it, please go out and write a review on Amazon. It's also going to be available at Barnes & Noble on May 14th. And I just completed the audiobook narration with an amazing narrator. His name is Steven Spicer. And when you have a chance to listen to him, he just envelops the whole message and just draws you into the message while he's delivering it. So I'm very excited for the audiobook to come out. It should be out hopefully within the next 30 days, provided we get through um, all of the quality check reviews. It'll be available on uh, Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. So we're very much looking forward to that. I thought the perfect podcast for this week in our passion series was to interview a teacher since it's Teacher Appreciation Week. Not only because it's Teacher Appreciation Week, but also because teachers are finding themselves in unfamiliar territory as they're teaching at home with schools closed uh, because of the COVID situation. So please welcome to the podcast this week, fourth grade teacher, Joe Maloney. Thank you for having me. Joe, can you just tell us a little bit about your, um, your current day job teaching? I'm a fourth grade teacher. Um, I've been teaching for eight years, and this COVID situation has definitely, as everyone knows, changed the game a little bit. Parents are finding themselves having to help out and be teachers themselves, and students are learning to have to adapt by uh, me not being with them all day long and having to work more independently and through working on a computer. So it's definitely a lot of challenges have been thrown at everybody, teachers, parents, and students alike in this situation. But I'd say for the most part, people have adapted pretty well. After a bumpy start, I think it's kind of been going overall pretty well for most children. Yeah, we're certainly living in a different world uh, for teaching. And I think uh, it's certainly things that teachers, I don't know you could ever be prepared for, but certainly were thrown into it. Where did you go to college and what did you study? I went to a little college called St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I was an English major with a philosophy minor. And was teaching always something that you wanted to do when you were growing up or when you were in school? It was. I always uh, looked up to my teachers and wanted to be a teacher, and I think some kids feel that when they're younger and maybe outgrow it and pursue other avenues. But that was something that kind of always stuck with me. And I especially enjoy working with younger children. I liked doing that when I had my summers off in college. I was actually a summer camp counselor. And that's what I really enjoyed working with kids and realizing that I can have a positive influence on young kids. So I think a lot of people may not know that you actually started out on Wall Street and lived through the Great Recession and the collapse of the banking system and Bear Stearns and all of that mess that kind of happened. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey from Wall Street to the classroom? Sure. Yeah, I think it goes under one of those life journeys, everything happens for a reason kind of category. I thought my one path was going to be teaching high school children, and I had a little uh, opportunity to do some student teaching with high school during my senior year in college. And I realized I really didn't like teaching. I didn't enjoy teaching the older children as much as the younger kids. And after I came back from college, I just kind of ended up working, taking a temp job, working in uh, an accounts payable department in a Wall Street company. 
And I just kind of grew and learned on the job from there and kind of stayed with finance for quite a long time up until the 2008-2009 um, financial collapse. Uh, and my bank, my company, I used to work for Bear Stearns, and our company was the first uh, Wall Street brokerage firm to go under. We went down under even before Lehman Brothers famously did. And that was just kind of, I think, a wake-up call for me to pursue something that I really enjoyed doing. And it kind of made me re-examine that passion for teaching that always stuck with me and never kind of really left me in the back of my brain. So um, a good friend of mine uh, encouraged me. She said, you know what? This is the time. Go back and get your degree in education. And I did that. Uh, so I ended up getting a master's degree in elementary education. And the rest is history. Then I came down to Florida and started in third grade teaching. And I've enjoyed it ever since. That's great. You know, I, I actually think that teachers have one of the hardest jobs in the world. And while parents have their children in the evenings and on weekends, I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that teachers sometimes have 20 plus kids five days a week, um, all of those hours during the day. And obviously, to have that kind of stamina takes a lot of passion. What is it in you that drives you to do the teaching job? I think it's just the connections that you make with the kids and understanding and realizing the impact that you have on them, for sure. And a lot of that goes unsaid, or you might find out later on, or you might find out a couple of years later, I found out like you were my kid's favorite teacher, a parent will tell me, or she's never forgotten you, or um, you just get some kind of connection that they've never forgotten you as a teacher. But when you have those moments with struggling kids, and then they finally there's some kind of click light switch that kind of goes on one day out of the blue and they turn a corner and you helped get them there. And when you realize that, that just changes everything and it just motivates you to keep doing and it realizes that you are doing the job that you were meant to be doing. So even in the dark, the most challenging day, I shouldn't say dark day, but challenging days when just nothing seems to go your way. And there are days like that for sure. Those are the moments that get you through when you realize um, you are making a difference and you are changing these kids' lives and you have are, are having a positive influence on them all for the good. And that just definitely keeps me going for sure. So at this point, you've taught third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade. Do you have a preference as to you know which grade you like the best? I think it kind of keeps changing. I liked third grade a lot. Um, it's a really kind of transformative year. They're kind of going from babies to kind of more mature kids. And I really like that grade because you really do have an influence on that age group. And you kind of really, they, come, they really come in that first day of school really so little and so just innocent. And they really are forced to grow. The curriculum is definitely more challenging in third grade. They're asked to do a lot more. And they're asked to work more independently. And, and the kids will take that ride with you. And by the time they leave, they're really a different kid. And hopefully for the better. And watching that change and watching that transformation over those 10 months is really something to see. And it's good to be, I really enjoy being a part of that. So I'd probably say third. In those grades, you have to teach uh, all the subjects, right? It's not just one particular subject. Teach everything, yep, except for like art and music and PE, you teach everything else, yes. Do you have a favorite subject to teach? Interestingly, um, I really enjoy math, which is kind of funny because, like I said earlier, my degree is in English literature. So, you, And I do enjoy reading and teaching reading, 
But there's something about the math and the structure of math and to teach it is enjoyable for me. And I really, I, I like it, which surprises me because math, I was pretty good at math until I got into high school and then it became more challenging for me. But I really like teaching these foundational skills for math and helping the kids learn it and just and just teaching it. Um, so I've got to say math for sure. When I think about my years in school and not only in, you know, grade school and high school and college, it seems like every teacher that I had had some different teaching style, um, some good, some bad, some, you know, just uh, a different way of teaching. What would you say is your teaching style and your philosophy on teaching? I'm definitely kind of, I had a parent send me a note the other day and she kind of just it was a nice thank you note for Teacher Appreciation Week. And she used the word no nonsense. She said, you're definitely no nonsense. And that's kind of me. And um, I, I'm someone, I don't sugarcoat anything for the kids. I'm very fair with them, but I'm also very honest with them. I think that really helps build a connection with them. And I see that with me, that I do expect a lot from them, because, but only because I know that they can do it. That's not always an easy road to take. Um, you want to go in and hold their hand and just help them through everything. But my philosophy is really kind of keeping the bar high for them because they will meet you there. And it, sometimes it takes some kids longer than others to get there. But the kids that really want to work, not just for themselves, but working for you to please you, kids want to please you. They will rise to that challenge. And in the end, you see, and they see, even more importantly, they see what they can do, which they might not have thought they can do before. So I think for me, that approach is where you kind of get the most reward for their learning. What do you think is the least understood thing about teachers? I would say probably all the hats that they wear during the day. And I think in a way, you're kind of like that other parent. I would never say I'm a parent to that kid, but in a way, being a teacher goes way beyond reading and math and writing and all those other subjects. There's so many more roles that you have to play in a day. You have to be a parent. You have to be a counselor. You have to be a support system. You have to teach behaviors. You have to teach about relationships. You have to just be a listener and you have to offer advice and you have to just try to be there for that whole student. It's not just about academics. It really isn't. So much of the day and so much of your role is to model that good behavior for them, to see, to model what a good person is so that they emulate that and learn from that and teach them how to be that in the best way possible. And a lot of that is not telling them what to do, but finding and asking them in a situation where they might do something wrong. It's not telling them what to do, but asking them, how would you do this differently? And finding so that that way they find the answer in themselves. They already know what to do, but it's reminding them, I know what to do. And next time I know I'm going to do it that way. But it's really just being everything that you can be for that kid so they can be everything that they can be for that child. And, and, and that's what we do every single day. You are another positive role model that they may or may not be getting at home. And I have to keep that in the back of my, my mind a lot is I don't know what goes on at home. So for me, it's trying to be that one positive influence 
that for some students that they may only see, that they might only have that one role model, and that's me in their life at that moment, and I have to remember that. And I would imagine that's uh, pretty exhausting having to change those hats to fit the moment. Heaven knows how many times a day that that actually happens. A lot. A lot. I bet. And when you say what what parents might, uh, other people don't realize about teaching, is that how often that is and how often you have to do that during a day. But that's why we do what we do, because if we didn't like being teachers and like performing all those roles, then we wouldn't do it. But we enjoy it at the end of the day because we think we really do make a difference. If you take the the COVID situation and set that aside for a second, what do you think is the greatest challenge that teachers face today? There's many. Just having the amount of resources available to do the best job that we can, if I had to pick one, it's a challenge. You know, there's no, no secret that teachers want more money, but there we want more resources to teach students. We put a lot of burden on parents at the beginning of the year with these supply lists that keep growing, it seems, every year. And I know that I hear their frustration. You know, they have to provide pencils and paper and markers and all these other things just for the basics for the students to be successful during the school year. Also, just the resources that we need in our schools to keep students well-fed and books that are up-to-date and not having to share resources and things like that. That makes our job easier and makes the learning better and more and helps these kids be more successful. And if I flip that question, um, what do you think is the greatest challenge facing students today? I think what happens at home, some students have great home lives and they have the support at home, but I always worry about the students that don't. We live in a world where there's many children that come from divorced homes. That's very common. So they are getting bounced from one parent to another and they might leave books at one house. So I didn't get my work done because I left my book at my mom's house and I have my dad for the weekend. Or you might have one parent that is more helpful, and when they're with another parent, they're not necessarily there and checking in that their child is doing the work that they need to be doing. I worry about the home lives that some students come from, what kind of support system they have at home uh, when we're not there to give them that support during the day. So if you work your way through all of those challenges that both the teachers and the students have, obviously teachers still teach because they find it rewarding. What do you think is the most rewarding thing about teaching for you? Uh, I would go back to what I said in the beginning, just when you have that connection and when you see the child leave at the end of the year, better, smarter, more well-rounded student when they're doing something new that they weren't able to do when they came in at the beginning of the year and they leave a better with better habits and better problem-solving skills and better social skills. If you can get those things improved in that time that you have them, then you know you did your job and did it well. And sometimes it's a bunch of kids and sometimes it's a few kids, but in any student's life that you make a difference, then that's the passion about it. That's the, what's the rewarding piece that keeps you going. So if I were to get in my car right now and drive over to your school, not that I would, given the COVID situation, but if I were, and if I were to come into your classroom, um, what could I expect to see? 
Oh, it changes regularly, actually. Um, you have to kind of, the class evolves. These kids are growing and you kind of have to grow with them. They keep you on your toes. But in our classroom prior to, I don't know what it's going to look like in the fall, but prior to that, it was kids being as engaged as possible. So working with partners and working in groups and asking questions and solving problems and just trying to create an environment where you want them to be as inquisitive about what they're learning or about the world around them as possible. I pull that off some days better than others. Some days the best laid plans don't go the way I would like them to. And other times things exceed my expectations. But it really comes down to them and where they are and what they are reacting to and how engaged they are with their learning. That's my that's what I try to create in my classroom is a stimulating uh, environment where they want to be there and they want to be challenged and they want to learn and grow. If I uh, move off of kids for a moment and um, let's just talk about teachers for a second, you know, watching teachers interact with each other, the teams they work in seem to form these special bonds. And I would say not only in their current positions, but in positions they may have held in the past from other schools. What do you think it is that drives that bond between the teachers themselves? Well, learning, as they say, takes a village. It is not one person pulling off um, learning and growing for these students. So I could not be the teacher I am without being with the teams that I have been on in the past. And uh, I have been very, very fortunate that the different schools that I've worked on and the different grade levels that I've worked on, that every single team I've been on has been so supportive and so much fun to work with and also challenging in a good way. Like they have challenged me to be my best every single day. When you're, you're kind of in the trenches sometimes, you know, when you're trying to problem solve, when things aren't working well and or you're just having a bad day, or when things go well, these are the people that lift you up, and these are the people that are the first to celebrate with you and really bounce ideas off each other. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you can think you have this great idea, and then someone comes along and just blows my mind with um, an approach that I never would have thought of. And just, and you learn from that and it just makes us all better. And it's about, but it's about being receptive to that. And you form this kind of mini family. Like I, the team I work on right now, we clicked right away and we text each other on the weekends and we meet for drinks and we do all those kinds of things outside. And we just have this very strong relationship that goes beyond the classroom and beyond the walls of the school. And that makes going to work even more enjoyable. That's beyond the students because they're, the, they're your support system for sure. And they're your, they're your work family. Not having that would make uh, teaching much more challenging for sure. Yeah, I like to say we're often, and this is, applies in the business world, I think as much as it does the teaching world, that we're only as good as the people that we surround ourselves with, right? Absolutely. Um, certainly feed off of each other. And that, that's often what helps make us successful. We have to talk about uh, COVID for a minute because obviously we are all in the middle of this right now. And the COVID situation has certainly taxed the ability to teach, I would say, more than any time in recent memory for people who are teachers. What challenges have you seen from having to actually teach from home? 
<laughs> uh, many, uh, to no one's surprise, I would say. But I, I, I won't even talk about the challenges that the students and the parents are going through. And I try to reach out to them regularly and let them know that I hear you, I see you, I get you, I know how difficult this is, and just let them know we are there to support them in as much as they can. From a teacher's point of view, I think the biggest challenge is that your role has changed in some ways. It's diff- It's more difficult to be the kind of teacher you want to be in this environment, like through a computer screen, or especially when I'm not in front of you in a computer screen, how can I help you from a distance? And that's that's the frustrating and challenging part. And trying to problem solve that is very difficult and um, because you really again you just want to be there with them and get them through this because you have to keep in mind it's not just the work that is hard for them it's this whole new lifestyle that they're adjusting to being stuck inside most of the day and not seeing their friends and not seeing their teacher that they miss and and not getting to do the things that they want to do and that's difficult for a 10 year old you know I'm thinking my own kids were 10 right now to process and, and get through. But the other problem would be, the other challenge would be to how to help the kids that are not engaged. How can I get them working when they don't have the support system at home, as I mentioned earlier, and how to do that? And sometimes I haven't always been successful with that. But there's only so much you can do. So there is a feeling of helplessness some days that uh, you're not seeing the kind of engagement or the kind of learning that you would want to see um, in this environment. But we do the best we can. Is there anything that you found to be easier? No. <laughs> uh, I, I would say no. that was the answer. <laughs> no, no. I would say none of it is easier. I, I miss, I will be glad when we get back to a regular classroom, whatever that will look like. But yes. Yeah, and that's actually my next question I was going to ask is what do you think life will be like once you're back in the classroom? So many question marks. I say, said that to my principal the other day. Just so she's she's good. She checks in. She says, you know, how are you feeling today? You know, to everybody. And I just said, usually I'm pretty content and okay. One day I just said, there's just so many questions. What is the classroom going to look like? There's been different hypotheses about uh, and speculation about what the model will look like. Half class sizes. Probably the desks will have to be six feet apart. I've heard no recess. So recess, um, I don't know what PE will look like. I don't know what how close I can get to my own kids, you know, to help them. Um, what does that look like? Will there be an alternating schedule where they're in the classroom half the day in the morning, half the day in the afternoon, or alternating days, things like that? I've heard all of these different kinds of scenarios. But I, the one thing I know for sure is, well, it will not look like it looked like prior. Yeah, I think our whole life is going to be different inside or outside of the classroom. You're almost a decade into teaching now. If you had it to do all over again, would you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is my passion and it's what I was meant to do. I like I think I do make a difference. Not every day is the same. Some days I don't know if I've changed anything in my kids' lives, but I do love what I do. And I do love the positive role model that I try to be for them every day. I love that it challenges me every day. I'm never bored with my old job in accounting. And frankly, I was bored. It's very repetitive. I tell that to people all the time. And this is never the same day twice, which I like. And then sometimes that can be a scary thing, but most of the time it's that's the adrenaline that keep that gets you through the day is that 
you're solving problems right and left and answering 100 questions or more a day. And I love that the excitement that comes with that and the challenges that come with that. So it keeps me on my toes and it keeps this job fresh um, and it definitely makes the rewards even more rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, teachers certainly don't do their jobs to get rich. They do it because of their passion and they do it, I think, for the love of their craft. Do you have a, a memory of your best teaching day? Yeah, I taught fifth grade. I remember this one student, and it actually has nothing to do with you know academics. And he had a lot of behavioral challenges, um, but I knew he was a good boy, and I knew he was a good boy, but he just wanted to please his friends. And so he would kind of do things right or wrong and kind of wanted to be with that crowd of kids for the wrong reasons. So I worked like I do with other with a lot of all my parents as closely as I could with them. And we were kind of tag teaming how to, you know, get this boy back on track. And at the end of the year, he really, really turned around. Like he was turning in the grades that I knew that he could. He was really working and acting at his full potential. And at the end of the year, he sent me this really nice note. And he said, thanks, Mr. Maloney, for not giving up on me. And that always stuck with me. And that's what I try not to do is I don't want to give up on these kids, even when it can be very, very challenging. Um, and it seems like they might not be responding to anything that you're doing, but because you believe in them and then they know that they believe in you believe in them, that's what keeps you going. And that one response reminded me of why I do what I do. And that really is what teaching is all about, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. It's being there for them and not giving up on them. Well, Joe, I think teachers are one of the most important jobs out there. And in fact, I don't think we should have teacher appreciation week. I actually think we should have teacher appreciation year for what teachers go through. They truly prepare our future generations to take over for us. And um, we certainly appreciate all you and your fellow teachers do. You know, at the end of my podcast, I always talk about one of my favorite interviewers, James Lipton from Inside the Actor's Studio, and he always asks his guests a series of questions at the end of his interviews. So I have a couple questions uh, for you before we wrap up. Okay. So what is your favorite word? I guess I could say some profound word, but I like the word intricate just because I like how the word sounds. So I like the word intricate. And what makes you happy? Oh, um... My friends. My friends make me happy. And if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh my. I think I would like to fly. I think that'd be a neat power to have. You think there's a lot you could do with that. And other than your current craft, what would you most like to do? Uh, I've always wanted to be I would, two things. I would like to be a writer. Um, I, I do love to write or a singer because I'm a, I'm a shower slash sing in my car person. So those are my dream jobs I would like to do, I'm sure. That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and share about your passion for teaching. It obviously comes through in not only the way that you answer these questions, but the way you live your life as a teacher. And we certainly have appreciation for you and every teacher uh, out there. Well, thank you so much. And there you have it. It's another episode of Mornings with Ron. I hope that you've enjoyed this uh, series that we're doing on passion so you can hear from individuals and the things that they're doing and what they're passionate about in their own lives. 
Hopefully something that we've said in this podcast is something that will resonate with you and something that you can use as you go and navigate your own life path. We'll be back again next week with a new guest. Until then, be safe, be well, and remember to be the reason that someone smiles this week.